This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. I can't believe I'm saying this. This episode is brought to you by Lola V, an award-winning hair care line by the one and only Jennifer Aniston. Why did Jennifer Aniston start a hair care company? Because she was tired of choosing between hair products that work and hair products that are actually good for us. But thanks to Lola V, we never have to choose again. No silicones, no sulfates, parabens, or gluten. And of course, it's cruelty-free and vegan. The glossing detangler and perfect conditioner are my personal favorites. Not only do they repair the look of damaged hair, but they also shield it from future harm. The first step to unlocking confidence in your dating life and your daily life is feeling confident about your hair. So unlock Jennifer Aniston approved hair at lolav.com. And as listeners of Seeing Other People, you're getting an exclusive 15% off off of your entire order when you use code Seeing Other People at checkout. That's 15% off your entire order at lolavie.com with promo code Seeing Other People. Please note you can only use one promo code per order and discounts can't be combined. After your purchase, they will ask you where you heard about them. Please, please, please support Seeing Other People and let them know that I sent you. Hey guys, it's Alana and you're listening to Seeing Other People Unfiltered. Each Thursday on Unfiltered, I'll be bringing on a different anonymous guest to open up about their real life dating experiences. We'll discuss what they went through or are going through, how they navigated it, what they've learned and what advice they have to anyone else going through something similar. Unfiltered is your reminder that no matter what you're going through, you're not alone. If you have a topic that you'd like to discuss on Unfiltered, please email your story to seeingotherpeoplepodcast at gmail.com to be considered for an episode. Real people, real stories, real life. This is Seeing Other People Unfiltered. On today's episode, I'm joined by Caroline, a 27-year-old living in New York City who is navigating dating after losing her older brother. She shares what it's like to communicate this loss to a date, what people's reactions have been, and how it's important to understand that everyone deals with grief differently and each individual has their own personal preference on when and how to have these conversations with a potential partner. Caroline and I discuss how loss and grief impact dating and how people can have more thoughtful and empathetic conversations surrounding the topics in order to destigmatize and reduce the overall awkwardness. Seeing Other People Unfiltered is presented by Mindset Wellness CBD. If you haven't tried Mindset Wellness CBD or any CBD for that matter, you are missing out. Mindset Wellness CBD's products, all of their gummies are gluten-free, vegan, non-GMO, organic, and they taste incredible. They have helped my anxiety, they've helped me sleep at night, and I couldn't recommend them more highly. Head to MindsetWellnessCBD.com and use code SEEINGOTHERPEOPLE at checkout for 10% off and free shipping. All right, so welcome into the Unfiltered episode. Would you mind introducing yourself and in your own words, just give a brief explanation of what you're here to discuss? Yeah, my name's Caroline, and I'm here to kind of talk about what it's like to be a 20-something who's dating and has dealt with loss and dating with grief, um, even if it's not recent, because it's kind of weird. Yeah, so do you want to give a little brief background to the listeners and to me of at what point in your life did this loss happen, who was it, and what what has been your process in terms of grieving and where are you now with that, even unrelated to dating? Yeah. So when I, I'm 27 now, when I was uh, 18, it was my first week in college. I was super excited. And my brother unexpectedly passed away. Um, he wasn't sick or anything like that. So it was totally out of the blue. Um, obviously it's been almost 10 years now. So the grieving process is... I mean, I think I moved through all the stages and, you know, all that psychology, but I think with grief, 
it's very much so like an ocean. Sometimes it's very calm. Sometimes it pops up when you don't expect it. Um, if the weather says it's going to be a nice day, it still might be really choppy. Um, so in terms of that, you know, I've come to feel really secure in my own grief. Um, and I feel pretty comfortable with it, but I find other people are really uncomfortable with it. That's a really interesting point. And of course, I'm so sorry to hear about your loss. And I'm, I'm happy that you have, do have good days and have been able yeah. to like work through all the stages and everything. But I can't imagine that it gets that much easier, you know? Yeah, um, it gets weirder. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's always going to be weird. Yeah. And I'm really excited that you reached out to talk about this because I know in my life, though I haven't necessarily lost like a family member or somebody that close to me, I do have like friends who are very close to me who have. And I've always noticed that I'm a little unsure of how to communicate about it. And I think that's a really big thing, though, like, of course, not every person who's listening to this is going to be in your situation where they've lost somebody and navigating dating with that. Everyone at any point could be in the opposite situation where they meet somebody who tells them that and who communicates that to them. And it's, I think it's really important that we know how to actually like have those conversations. And like you said, like how to not be uncomfortable about it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, um, as I've gotten more comfortable with it, I, I mean, there's certainly some people I'd rather talk about it with than others. And I think one weird thing about, um, certain types of loss, because if you say like, oh, do you have grandparents? Oh no, they passed away. People kind of like move on. But Mm -hmm. when it's that unexpected tier and you get to know people and they're like, Hey, do you have parents? Do you have siblings? And if you're on the younger side, it's weird when you say, oh, like so-and-so passed. Right. Um, And for me, it took me a few years, but there are definitely times, and to this day, if I don't feel comfortable with someone or they don't need to know my story, I'll just say, no, I'm an only sibling. Um, Because not everyone needs to know it. But on a date, I feel the need to be honest and upfront because hopefully in a few dates, it would be a little weirder if I was like, just kidding, I actually had a brother. Uh, He was older, like get into that thing. Um, So I think talking about loss is, I mean, it's, it's one of the only guarantees in life. So we might as well make it less awkward for everyone because it doesn't have to be, I mean, obviously it can be sad and all that and we can all be respectful, but um, yeah, it's, it's awkward for people. And I, I totally get why. Yeah. I, I mean, even what you said just now kind of like hit me where it, it is the only guarantee in life that like everyone, we know, like we're all, going to die at some point and especially as we get older we know more and more people who are going to pass away for like really crazy reasons and for really normal reasons and so I think it is a really important thing in general just in life is to learn how to talk about it and and that it is normal even though it's obviously it's like my biggest fear in life is losing somebody that I love and I know a lot of people share that um so it it's just, it's a whole, yeah. Okay. It's the weirdest <laughs> part of life. Cause it's like, you're born and you're like, you know, it's coming, but there's no lesson in it. It's almost like if you're a woman, I mean, I'm a woman, but menopause, like no one yeah. teaches this, but we know it's coming and we know the end is near. 
at some point in our life, but like, we just know it's going to suck. Yeah. Although, we have no idea when We don't know happen. how death is going to happen, but right. <laughs> we know what's happening. We don't know anything about it. Exactly. It's just bizarre. Yeah. It's, it's the biggest unknown ever. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay. So let's talk about when you actually like are going on dates. So you mentioned that you don't want to lie about it. And then later down the line, be like, just kidding. So So is that something like, does it usually come up on a first date? Like, how does that conversation happen? Do you ever try and like kind of avoid the siblings conversation or like, how does it come up? And then what, I mean, a big thing I want to talk about is like reactions. So what are those reactions usually like? So, okay. There are a lot of really good questions in there that are perfect things to address. Um, First off, when it comes to me bringing up siblings, I have found I don't when I'm meeting new friends, coworkers, dates, I just don't ask about family and stuff, but I never say, Oh, do you have siblings? Because Mm -hmm. I know if they're polite, (laughs) they'll ask back. Um, and then it's almost feels like I'm inviting them into an awkward situation. Yeah. Um, and then it kind of just saves us all the time. Um, but, uh, so I'm someone who has had two, I would say serious relationships, long relationships, with people I actually knew from growing up. Um, And as a result, I had a lot of comfort in knowing they didn't need the story. Um, One of them I was dating when all this happened. The other one I was friends with um, years prior. So there's a massive comfort and just like, they know the deal. They know the baggage. Yeah. Do you Um, think that you were drawn to that second relationship because he already knew and because it wouldn't be this new kind of thing that you had to tackle in dating? Possibly. I mean, I definitely, there was definitely comfort regardless of the grief aspect of it. I mean, I knew him forever. We have the same friends, that kind of thing. So there, I think comfort in general, even if it's not about loss, um, even if it's a shared hometown or anything, that is, yeah. at least for me, incredibly attractive because it's just so easy. Um, and then you're already off, like you're hitting the ground running because you already have so many similarities. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it has its disadvantages because then you're stuck in your comfort zone and they always say you grow when you're uncomfortable and, you know. Yeah, but who wants to grow? Who wants that? Yeah, I'm good. I mean, I could take a few inches, but like, you yeah, know, sounds whatever. exhausting. Would rather not. <laughs> sounds like self-work and self-care. I'm not into it. Nope. My therapist would disagree. <laughs> but whatever. Um, but as for dates, so this is kind of the first time in my life now as a 27-year-old kind of dating strangers, which is like really what dating is. Um, so it is weird because I'm going to situations where there's zero comfort, no expectations on either sides, all that stuff. Um, and it has every single first date I've gone on, it has come up. Um, granted, I'm not going on a ton, <laughs> like, you know, it's not like, Oh, 50 for 50, but of like the four or five, it's every single one. Um, And every single one I've told them, honestly, oh, you know, I had a brother, he was older and he passed away. Um, And the reactions, no one's been a jerk. I don't think you'll ever, as someone speaking to people that have gone through loss and have to explain this, no one's going to be a jerk. And if they are, uh, 
I, I just can't imagine that. Even even jerks won't be jerks in those situations. Yeah, and if they are, um, they have every right to get up and leave. Like literally, get done. up and leave. Bye. Um, I, I, you know, everyone can hide a red flag, but that is just scream. That's just like, they're the type of people that would yell at a dog for like, I don't know, being cute or something. Like, <laughs> yeah. Get out of there. Even if you don't like dogs, get out of there. Um, yeah. it's bad vibes. <laughs> um, but reaction wise. Most of the time, it's kind of like an awkward, oh, I'm so sorry. And this is something I think people with grief will understand. I then try to soothe them because I've already soothed myself. I'm I'm not going to cry at the table. I feel comfortable with sharing this now. Um, but I find I have to soothe other people. And when I talk to my parents or other people I know that have lost family members, they find a lot of grief is managing other people's reactions. Um, and that's the weird part because I always try to scoot past it so they don't feel awkward for too long. And I'm like, oh, like, thank you so much. That's so sweet. Um, but it is what it is. And then I try to move on. Sometimes they've asked more questions. Sometimes they haven't. Um, but no matter what, it's the, oh, I'm so sorry, which is honestly, I think the only, like, I don't know what else someone would say. Hmm. Yeah. Cause like, you're not gonna be like, Oh, that sucks. <laughs> right. It's not very sincere. Yeah. Do you ever, have you thought of like the perf, I mean, even not in dating, just in normal life when you've communicated it to any type of person, is there something that like you just wish everyone would say, or like something that would be in your mind, the ideal reaction? You guys know that I struggle with confidence. I'm always my biggest critic, and when I notice something about myself that I don't like, I can't stop fixating on it. I'm working on all of this, but it can be hard. A year ago, I noticed that my hair was thinning, and I was finding more and more strands of hair on the floor every time I would walk around my apartment. When I would look down in the shower, I would freak out at what I saw in the drain. That's when I opened up to my best friend, who happens to be a doctor, and she said two things that changed my life. The first was that she knows so many women our age going through the same thing. The second is that she told me to try Nutrafol. And so I did. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster growing hair with less shedding. A year later and a month before my wedding, and I cannot believe the number of people who have been complimenting how long, strong, and healthy my hair looks. I never imagined that this would happen. And naturally, as a result, my confidence has transformed. I'm no longer self-conscious when it comes to my hair. And honestly, that is a huge, huge, huge personal win for me. And you guys know I'm hilariously bad at sticking with habits and taking something every day or doing something every day. But with Nutrafol, building a hair growth routine is simple. Purchase online with no prescription required. Free shipping and automated deliveries ensure that you'll never miss a day. You'll see results in three to six months. And trust me, it is worth the wait. You can start so easily by taking their hair wellness quiz on Nutrafol.com for a personalized hair health plan based on your specific root causes. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering the Seeing Other People family 10 dollars off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code seeing other people. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and hairstylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com promo code seeing other people. That's Nutrafol.com promo code seeing other people. Brave the uncomfortable. 
Those are the words engraved on my bracelet that have gotten me through some of the most anxiety-inducing moments over the last few years. And that's why I could not be more excited to encourage you all to get a Presently bracelet of your own with a phrase that resonates with you. Presently is a line of mindfulness bracelets engraved with words inspired by cognitive behavioral therapy. The brand was started by two sisters, Lindsay and Emily, who have obsessive-compulsive disorder, aka OCD, and anxiety. They realized that when stuck in an anxiety spiral, it's hard to put into practice the tools that they learned in therapy sessions. They looked and looked for bracelets that could serve as reminders to interrupt that spiral, but they couldn't find anything besides the cheesy good vibes only and no bad days types of messaging. They started Presently to bring more authenticity to self-help anxiety management. And as someone who has had a Presently bracelet for three years, I mean it when I say it really makes a difference. So whether you need encouragement to make it onto that date that you've been anxious about, a calming mantra to get you through a big day at work, or simply a reminder that you're not alone, Presently has your back. Their bracelets are so beautiful and elevated, and they also make amazing gifts. And I know because I have gifted a few over the years, and my friends were so excited to get one and have worn them ever since. There are six phrases to choose from, and if you're indecisive, there's a quiz that you can take to help you choose the perfect reminder for your anxiety. Plus, 5% of each bracelet is donated to your choice of four mental health nonprofits. I wholeheartedly love and support Presently, and I know that your Presently bracelet will bring you as much comfort as mine has brought me. So head to presentlybracelets.com. That's P-R-E-S-E-N-T-L-Y bracelets.com for 10% off your order using code seeing other people. Raise your hand if you have dating anxiety. All right. All right. I know that everyone has their hands up and I get it. I had debilitating anxiety when I was single. And even when I first started dating Jake, I kept waiting for the other shoe to drop. And I know that is not a good way to feel and that is not a fun way to date. And I get it. It can be hard to find an anxiety relief tactic that works for you. That's why I'm so excited to introduce you to a new one that has helped me dramatically with my wedding and work stress and anxiety over the last few months. And trust me, there's been a lot of it. Sunset Lake CBD is an amazing company that not only has helped me feel so much better, but they also have a really cool history and mission. Sunset Lake CBD is a majority employee-owned hemp farm located right outside of Burlington, Vermont. As farmers, they believe in providing only top-shelf CBD and hemp products at fair prices. So they cut out the middlemen and they ship their CBD straight from their farm to your door, which means that their CBD is affordable and trusted because CBD and anxiety relief can help everyone and they want it to be accessible to anyone. Trust me when I say that when I'm stressed or anxious, my sleep is the first thing to go. But despite everything I have going on right now, I've been taking a sleep gummy before bed and my sleep scores on my aura ring have been through the roof. Plus, I'm finding myself relaxing more at night and being able to turn off my work brain and my anxiety with the help of their CBD gummy bears and reishi infused chews. Whether you want to sleep better, relax better, focus better, recover better, or anything in between, Sunset Lake CBD has something for everyone. So check them out today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use code SOP for 20% off your order. That's code SOP for 20% off farmer owned, Vermont grown Sunset Lake CBD. Yeah, I think, I th- let me think. I, I think, yes, yeah, saying, I'm so sorry to hear that is, that is first off the correct answer to start off with um, because just even at basic communication level, it means they heard you and they're hearing you and they're confirming that. Like that's basic interpersonal communication. Um, the follow-up I would say is if they feel comfortable enough bringing it to you, you could ask, are you comfortable to tell me more? Um, do you want to talk about it more or share more with me? 
Um, because that opens up a space for the dialogue where it could be like, you know what, I'm good right now. Thanks so much for asking maybe another date and then get a second date, you know, just sneak it in there. Um, or rather than worrying that you're not saying the right thing, just ask what that person wants to say to you about that topic. Yeah. I, I really like those. And I, I like the concept of saying like, are you comfortable sharing more about it? Cause I think yeah. that's so that's thoughtful. It's considerate, it's empathetic and it's just saying like, I appreciate you sharing this and I am interested in hearing more if that's something that you want, but it's not, it's not just like instantly asking more questions. Cause like, cause that was going to be my next question is do you want people to ask questions about it? And I think the difficult thing with that is that some people might, and some people might not. And yeah. so if you start asking like, Oh, like when, how, like, what was that like? And like, that just might not at all be what the person wants, or it might be exactly what the person wants. Right. Yeah. I will say, and it depends on the date. There have definitely been dates where like, I already know this is not going to lead anywhere. And I'm going to, you know, be honest and respectful enough that like, you know, here's a little bit of my story. Um, we don't really need to go into more. Um, I've had other dates who ask me some basic questions. I think the number one thing would be don't leave silence. I mean, don't just say a bunch of crap to fill up space, but I had one date who, I mean, granted the whole date, he was kind of silent. So it's a, it may be a him issue, but, um, if I share such news and then, you know, you ask some questions that silence, that's when suddenly I'm becoming awkward again, I'm going to fill it with, it's okay. It's okay. We can move on. Um, what's up in your life. And then I start asking dumb questions. So the silence, I think feels a little, uh, it, it's like, it makes the situation so awkward. Like it's so momentous when it really can be just, this is a part of my life. I'm sharing it with you. Ask questions. Don't ask questions. But like that silence is so awkward. Yeah. Cause it really puts it back on you to kind of then do like damage control that like you didn't sign yeah. up for that. Like you're just trying to be yourself and, and show up as yourself and just like it came up and you don't, yeah, it's putting a lot on you. Yeah. Really and I, I feel silence. So for yeah. me, at least I just start feeling it with a bunch of random, like, do you have a dog? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it gets weird. Yeah. Has anyone ever tried to compare like, oh, my dog died type of Luckily thing? Luckily not like... yet. <laughs> I'm trying to think if that's happened in my life in general. I will say, I mean, even platonic friendships, it, at least for me, there are people in my life who have said, here's the deal. At any point, any, like if we're just hanging out and we're not even talking about the matter, if you have questions, you can ask me about it. And I don't know if other people have done that. I'm sure, I mean, I'm not that original. I'm sure someone else has done that. Um, but there are people who at odd points will just ask the most random stuff at inappropriate times. Like in college one time, I went to the beach with someone who's like, she was an acquaintance, whatever, having a nice time. No one brought up grief. No one brought up siblings. Like we knew, she knew my story enough. And then just randomly out of the blue, she's like, so how'd your brother die? And I was like, this is, 
Damn. So, um, one, such a harsh question, because heaven forbid, it's something like really tragic and emotional and, and something maybe someone in their family doesn't want to share. Um, but also like read the room, like we're having a nice beach day. Right. Um, and we were talking about like avocado toast and some like basic stuff. So I think people should know innately if they're at that level, but also like read the room. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good idea. (laughs) Yes. But no one's compared my passed on relatives to a goldfish. Okay. Um, thank well, God. I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad that humanity isn't that disappointing yet. Yeah, I'll let you know if they do. Please do. I, I really hope it doesn't happen. I don't, I don't know how I'll react. Yeah. Um, so obviously you just mentioned that you say to your friends, like if you have any questions at any point, feel free to ask. Mm-hmm. But so we're communicating this to dates on the first date, but obviously not getting too deep into it. So at what point then, like a few dates down the line, does it come up again? Or when do you start feeling like, okay, like now I do want to tell them the story or maybe they're like, they're, cause they're probably wondering when do I like bring it up to have her tell me, right. um, at what point do you think that conversation should happen or usually does happen or would you want it to happen? Yeah, I will say, since I'm still pretty new to the dating game, I haven't um, kind of found, I haven't really found what works yet. I think what feel like what I think feels normal um, is maybe if I'm starting to consider going exclusive with this person, um, because at that point, you're letting them in a little bit more. Uh, maybe you're not boyfriend, girlfriend or boyfriend, boyfriend, girlfriend, you know, whatever you may want to be triple boyfriend, whatever number. I can't do that. I'm a jealous person. But, um, I think when you start thinking, okay, they have qualities I actually like, and you start realizing this is relationship material, not fling or hookup or whatever, which are all fine if one wants to share that. But for me, um, I think I'd just wait until I was like, oh, okay. I think I could see myself like properly dating this person, maybe calling them my boyfriend and significant other and that stuff. Yeah, yeah. I think that makes sense. And I mean, obviously I, I'm not in that situation, but I think that's how I would also go about it. Yeah. At that point, you also like, you want to know that you can feel comfortable talking to them about it and you want them to know who you are. And obviously right. it's a huge part of your life and- um, so I think that's definitely a big step in, in becoming really like a, a partner with somebody. Yeah. And I think it also just opens the conversation. So more matters in general are on the table because, you know, relationships are all about communication, open communication. Mm. Um, so if you're like, Hey, by the way, like if you ever have questions, let me know. I'm, I feel comfortable sharing this with you, which I think as someone who, has gone through loss and is, I think it's always important to express that to someone because you're not just like, if you're ever like morbidly curious, it's like, I genuinely feel that comfort with you and that safety. So as someone in a position who has lost, I think it's really important to, you know, tell someone how safe you feel with them. Um, but I think, yeah, I think also if there's a good segue and your gut is like, you're good to go, you don't have to wait a number of dates or anything. If, you know, people are, we're talking about families again and you're not even sure if you'll end up exclusive and it just feels right. 
um, I think like with most things in life, go with the gut. Yeah, yeah. I think that makes sense. So what are your thoughts on, I, like I have friends who have also lost siblings and mm-hmm. I know for them, it's not something that they want to share up front. And like, I guess in, in their case, the difference is they have other siblings that mm-hmm. when someone says like, do you have siblings? Yeah. Like they can say like, oh yeah, I have a brother or I have a sister or I, I do have a friend who also says like, I have a sister and a brother, even though her brother did pass away. Yeah. So then it gets to a point where like they continue dating and it, it's down the line and like it never comes up about like the person who passed and mm-hmm. it, it kind of becomes this thing that it's like, well, at some point I have to tell them, yeah. when do I tell them? How do I tell them? Like, I don't know if I'm ready to, or like, like we're all like, so like, I guess, what are your thoughts on that situation? And if the, how the other person would be almost like receiving this information where they think like one th- situation is the truth. And obviously it's not like, lying but in a way it could be like feeling it's caught like in omitting. a lie it's yeah. yeah it's 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 omitting and obviously we don't have to get into the logistics of <laughs> yeah. like truth lie all that um but yeah I guess I'm curious what your thoughts are on that and another thing that has come up is like if the person maybe has like an Instagram post or something on their social media about their sibling who passed and then they don't say it on the first date but then the other person knows like what are your thoughts on all of that okay I have a lot of thoughts um first off sorry (laughs) no worries first off um general rule of thumb I think we should and this is for people who have lost a sibling and are now the only child but also for actual only children if someone says oh I'm an only child we should stop saying things like oh, you don't seem like an only child or, oh, you seem like an only child. Cause the weirdest thing is when people say that to me, they're like, you don't seem like an only child. And in my head, I'm like, cause I'm not, but like, <laughs> oh, okay. Let me backtrack. You're right. Um, <laughs> it's, it's weird. Um, yeah. there may be only children, child syndrome. I've babysat kids that definitely have it. Hopefully by adulthood, people grow out of it and we can all move on. <laughs> so that's like my disclaimer. Um, that will be what I put on the ballot if I ever run for an election. That's it. Um, as for omitting, not telling, whatever people want to call it, I definitely know a lot of people, I think especially parents who lost a child, they'll say, you know, they'll say, oh, I have like a daughter and a son and, Mm -hmm. you know, they won't tell you which one's lost or right. It's talking about it in present tense for the, I guess, kind of what you said before to, so that you don't have to pay, like no make sure that they're okay. So that you no don't have to ask like, questions. Deal with their awkwardness. Like, yeah. I have two kids. Yeah. Cause the have, you're like, Oh, okay. They're around like whatever, moving on. Um, and I, for me, it never felt right for me to say I have a brother. It just didn't. It's one of those gut things. It's so personal. Um, I'd much rather say I don't have any siblings than say I have a brother and then later, but I tend to overshare. So, I mean, that's probably why I'm here. (laughs) Um, As for when down the road, it's definitely weird. I would say the only reason you, one should push themselves out of their comfort zone and tell that significant other, if it is getting serious, 
is because you don't want that significant other thinking, do they not feel secure enough with me? Do they not feel safe enough with me? And if you don't feel those things, that might be a signal to like reevaluate if this is a person you're not uncomfortable enough sharing this huge life event with. Do you want to share other life events with them? But I think it could make the partner kind of question the security one feels in them. Um, and it's, it's not like anyone's doing it intentionally, but if I was dating someone and I found out later that they didn't, you know, they lost someone and they didn't want to tell me, I just think I'd be wondering like why they didn't tell me. Like I, I would definitely personalize it. I would be like, what about me makes me not comforting enough or secure enough or empathetic enough? Um, because we all tend to personalize, but yeah, it's, it's tricky. It's really tricky. I think honesty is the best policy. Um, if you want to sh- like explain it all and then shut the door, just vocalize that because the partner will respect it. And then they won't put it on themselves and think there's something that I'm doing that's making my partner not fully trust me to carry this load with them. And then Instagram. I actually use this as a tool. Sometimes and in life, whether it's work or new coworkers or new friends, sometimes I like the fact that you can go on my Instagram and, or at least you used to be able to, I don't know, but at least like once a year, someone can see that I have lost my brother. And sometimes that's nice because it takes the load off. Um, I actually think I did a similar thing with my most recent breakup last year. I just suddenly started casually posting or like sharing like funny single memes or, you know, seeing other people's stuff or funny things from Hinge or, and I think people started wondering. So months after the breakup, people started being like, are you, are you single? I'd be like, oh yeah, I didn't tell anyone, but I'm happy you got my hints. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it's just nicer to do that than make a whole showboat of it and, you know, have to do the whole like, yes, we broke up or yes, so-and-so died. Um, so I think it's a good tool. If I was on a date with someone who I saw their Instagram, knew it going in, and then they didn't tell me, I give them the benefit of the doubt and think if we kept going on dates, they'd tell me. Because um, unlike, you know, sharing a breakup news with not even close friends, um, sharing a significant loss is like kind of important with a partner because it's yeah. going to come up. Yeah. yeah. And I also think like you can't blame someone for like the first, second or third time you're meeting, you're still a stranger. So if somebody yes. doesn't tell, like doesn't feel ready to tell you yet, even though you already know, I don't think that's something that you should like be upset about that's not something you should take yeah. personally until it, you really have that strong connection with them and I mean just cut people some slack like kind of consider yeah. what they've been through what they're going through and how it's hard for them to navigate it and yeah every time they meet somebody they have to start over with it yeah and and definitely don't bring it up because that's just so <laughs> weird like because then you're like oh so you were in my Instagram and you know was it a recent post or how far back are you going? And that opens a whole other can of worms. But yeah, yeah, I think giving people the benefit of the doubt and always considering someone's intention, like 
they're probably not intending to leave you out. They're right. probably intending to protect themselves. Yeah, absolutely. And and also consider that everybody is doing it the way that works for them. So like mm-hmm. while you might tell somebody on on a first date and somebody else might not until they're about to be in a relationship with someone, they're those both are right. There's no wrong way right. to do it. And there's nothing that's like, oh, well, they this person didn't tell me. So like, they're not honest. Like, there's, it, it's everyone's own personal journey. And it's what works for them. And it's amazing that people are able to figure out what works for them. And I think that's really important. So I guess just really, really considering what the other person is is going through and, and that they've found what works for them and keeping that in mind is yeah. important. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. When I first started seeing other people, some of my closest friends and family could not believe it. Not because they didn't think I was capable of being a podcast host, but because I usually can't get through a sentence without sniffling. And during allergy season, forget about it. My seasonal allergies are debilitating, and my sinus congestion and pressure has always left me feeling so sick. But luckily, for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Claritin D has truly transformed my life. Not only can I breathe better and sleep better since taking Claritin D, but I also can get through the day so much smoother. I used to have to cancel plans because of how bad my allergies were. I'd go through a tissue box a week, sometimes more, and my eyes were always watery. But Claritin D's fast symptom relief starts working on allergies with nasal congestion in as little as 30 minutes, and it tackles nasal congestion caused by allergies or a cold and also relieves sinus congestion and pressure due to allergies. It's truly the greatest thing I've ever come across and I am so grateful that I found it and started using it. Are you ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now so you can live Claritin Clear. Use as directed. You guys are in for a treat because support for today's episode comes from the best of the best, Jenny Kane. And yes, there is a discount, so keep on listening. You know that feeling when you get a new sweater and it instantly becomes basically another layer of your skin? Like you wear it everywhere for everything all the time. Okay, well, Jenny Kane has become my literal uniform. And if you don't know Jenny Kane, I'm pretty much about to change your life because Jenny Kane's clothes did that to mine. Jenny Kane is a California brand with luxurious staples that will transform your closet. Think minimalist and effortless, but totally refined. They have the coziest cashmere sweaters and iconic accessories that will elevate your everyday basics. I don't know if I wear my cashmere fisherman hoodie or my cropped cashmere cocoon cardigan more. All I know is that I cannot live without either of them. Whether it's a cozy night in with the girls, a dinner date with Jake, or catching a flight to Florida to see my parents, these sweaters are perfect for every single occasion. And I couldn't be happier when I'm wearing them because I'm so comfy. And you guys know me. I always choose comfort over how something looks. But with Jenny Kane, I don't have to choose because I get comfort and I get style. All right. So we have the discount code coming for you. Find your new uniform at JennyKane.com. Seeing other people listeners get 15% off their first order when you use code SOP at checkout. That's 15% off your first order at J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com. Promo code SOP, S-O-P. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. 
Yeah. And I will say if someone's listening and, you know, they've gone through loss and they go on a first date and they, you know, say, oh, no, I don't have a sibling or, oh, I have a mom and say Mm -hmm. they don't tell, you know, the full truth. Obviously, the intention's not bad. You're not trying to lie somewhat like that stuff's not going to affect like the relationship long term. I like whether I have a sibling actively living versus not like it's not it doesn't matter really to the relationship I should say um but I think people can backtrack I have had friends where in group settings I've said no I'm an only child and then even days later I'll be I'll you know slip in a story about my brother and I'll be like oh by the way like I actually had a brother um I didn't really want to tell the group and they no one's rude about it and once again if someone's rude about it run for the hills it's not even like yeah it's not even like a red flag like you know they wear socks with sandals like oh red flag like this it's a genuine basic human decency um and if you feel comfortable enough telling that person about it then you trust them enough and they must be a good enough person to actually respond well yeah absolutely do you ever feel like there's almost this like weight on you before going into a date like you know it's going to come up you know you're going to have to talk about it like has that ever been even like when you were first starting to date after your like two serious relationships has that ever been something that's like made you kind of not totally comfortable dating or or, like a little bit like afraid or just not like you go into a date knowing that it's going to happen and it's almost like this mm-hmm. thing that you have, like this hump that you have to get over before you can enjoy yourself. Yeah, 100%. I know, especially after my last breakup, because I, you know, I'm like in my late 20s, mid to late, you know, whatever it is. <laughs> um, and I'm like, okay, like maybe stop dating people from high school <laughs> and see what it's like to date strangers. But I think one of the hardest things, at least for me, when I was grieving just my breakup was knowing that I was going to have to tackle this stuff. Um, I was definitely mourning the loss of the comfort, the security, the, you know, having someone else help carry my baggage, all that good stuff. Um, it was a definite uh, factor, of fear, fear factor in deciding whether I wanted to put myself out there. Um, and then date to date, I think, I mean, I know it's going to come up. I'll, I think I'd be really curious if I went on a date and it didn't come up. Um, cause it's just such basic date talk going into the date. I don't think I really dread it. Cause I, I think, yeah, I just see it as like a task and then I check it and then I'm like, let's get this weird opera thing going and oh and then we move on cool the entrees are here like yeah <laughs> let's move on yeah okay okay that's but that, when that's I was right. in the breakup of it um I yeah a big part of that breakup grief is the comfort because that comfort for any relationship regardless of what one's been through is I mean it's the best it's the icing on the cake that's why you find a partner um so knowing I was losing that comfort and the comfort in not explaining my own grief um, was massive. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard starting over, whether it's a loss of a sibling or a parent or a friend or like any type of medical thing that is a huge factor in your life. It, it's always hard starting over. Um, yeah. 
you know, for me, one thing that I'm always curious about for like with somebody new that I'm interested in is not have they like been in love? Have they been in like a relationship before? But it's like, have they had their heart broken? Have they gone through mm. something really real and like experienced that pain? And so it it is always hard because in knowing that I want to know that about them, it's like, I'm also going to have to tell them about me and right. about the shit yeah. that I've been through. And it's it's just this whole concept of starting over and having to do it again and having to open up and let someone in so that they can really get to know you. Yeah. I feel like it's, uh, for anyone that has gone to more than one therapist will understand. It's like when you go to that new or a doctor, even it doesn't have to be a therapist, but when you go to that new doctor, that new therapist, that new eye doctor, whatever, you always have to explain your whole history, whether it's your medical history, your mental health history. Um, and that alone is exhausting. That's why some people stay with doctors they hate or therapists they hate. Um, I know someone who's like, I don't love my therapist, but do I really want to explain all my childhood crap again? No. Um, which, by the way, if you don't like your therapist, don't like your doctor, get a new one. It's worth it. <laughs> yeah, it's worth it. But yeah, like it's always it's always worth it to have a good some good medical professionals behind you. But. Um, <laughs> Yeah, explaining your history is exhausting, um, which I think is why on a first date, if someone doesn't start opening up all the bags and start unpacking it right away, like it's just because they're tired sometimes and they just want to have a fun date. Yeah, and there's nothing yeah. wrong with that. That's yeah. the most normal thing ever. Yeah, that's probably what most people do because who wants to unpack all the time? Nobody. Nobody. Um, okay, so I have a question because somebody that I know actually um, messaged me today mm -hmm. with the situation that happened. And obviously it's it's different to some extent, but I think that you'd actually have really good insight in this case. And I think it's something that could totally happen to anyone. So cool. they were on a date that was going really well. And the guy that she was on a date with made a comment that his neck hurt. And she responded being like, Oh my God, my neck always hurts. Every time it hurts, I convince myself I have brain cancer. And oh no. he goes that he tells her that his dad died from brain cancer. And so now obviously she can't stop overthinking that feels like she yeah. totally blew it. Um, and I guess I'm wondering like, is there any way to bounce back to save that situation? <laughs> obviously it was something so like bad innocent but it, like yeah, yeah like that that yeah. sucks yeah like, i'm um, sorry i'm laughing no at the like, situation but it's like it's i'm i feel awkward yeah exactly it's, it sucks because it's just like yeah. it's so innocent and not malicious but that that's a really awkward situation yeah and i've definitely have like web md'd like headaches before so i totally get yeah. her thought process have. yeah yeah um i think i mean obviously i don't know how the rest of the date went or what happened i think I don't know. I tend to probably over speak and over talk. So for me, I would probably feel best if I, if I really want to see this person again, or even if not, because sometimes you just want to like put something to bed and feel good with how you did it. Um, feel a little better. Yeah. A little better. Maybe just like text the guy, or if you do get a second date or third or whatever number, you can just say like, by the way, I know, you know, I said this joke about brain cancer. I know, you know, obviously I didn't mean it with ill intent, but I, I want to say I'm really sorry because it felt really insensitive. And obviously 
you know, you didn't make me feel bad about saying it, but I just want to apologize. I think having a genuine apology, it's never a bad idea. I mean, obviously don't say you're sorry if you're not sorry. That's like a big woman issue. Mm -hmm. I say it all the time, but I think there's there's something very healing for hopefully both people and a genuine apology of just saying like, I'm really sorry. I haven't gone through that. Um, I think my joke was insensitive. You didn't react that way, but I just want you to know, like I'm, I've been thinking about it, and I I want you to know, like I'm very sorry if I hurt you, because at the very end of the day, like even if you never went on a date again, like you said you're sorry. And that guy is probably walking away thinking like, Hey, at least she's like, she's thoughtful. She's considerate, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Say sorry when one actually should say sorry, but also, I mean, I feel bad because it's, it's just such a crappy situation. It sucks for both. Yeah. 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 I will say I, I think, and it's nothing to do with her. I just think like he probably would never walk around and say that only because he's had that lived experience. Like I, of course, you know, like I'll never walk around and say like, oh, like I'm going to kill myself because like I am like have people like friends that unfortunately have and, you yeah. know, or yeah, it's just that weird lived experience that not everyone can relate to. And no one should shame someone for not going through that. Like I'm never, if someone said something weird about siblings, I'm never going to shame them for never having gone through that loss because I'm so happy they haven't. And I hope they never do. Um, It's yeah. It's never about like shaming. So just say you're sorry. (laughs) That's my best advice. I will say I noticed earlier, there was something that we were talking about and you said like, this is like, if I run for a, for office that's what I'm like gonna run on like that's yeah. what I'm gonna put on my thing the and, only like, child <laughs> and yes yes and I feel like in that case usually I would say like this is the hill that I will die on but when talking about death and when considering like death in certain situations like of course that's not what you should say yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah so I mean I say stuff all the time that is I have this I'm not gonna say it because I don't want to say it since I know it's wrong but there's this one joke for a while I was saying and then finally I was just sitting like alone one day and I was like oh my god like that was that's so insensitive Caroline like I just totally was saying certain words and I meant them the different way and yeah I mean we all say stuff I think that's why people are trying to move from cancel culture to learning culture Mm -hmm. and growing culture because it's better to have a lot of people that have made mistakes and learn from them than a bunch of dumb mean people walking around um so yeah, I, yeah, it is what it is. It's just say sorry when you feel like you need to, because yeah. you probably do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, well, before we wrap up, I guess the one last question I have is in terms of like your normal day life or your dating mm-hmm. life, both, neither, whichever, like how are some ways that, that having this major loss in your life actually just affects you on a day-to-day basis that people might not actually expect? I think what, so one of the things I know I mentioned was it's weird that I never ask people about their siblings. Sometimes I won't even ask about family, like new people. I won't even ask about parents because I don't know if they've lost a parent or maybe their parents are severely divorced or severely, severely uh, bad. It was a bad divorce. Like yeah. A, you know, really bad one. Um, 
I just, I guess I'm a little more or maybe even hyper aware that I don't really know. So sometimes they won't ask. Um, that's probably for the best and worst, you know, pros and cons day to day. Um, like I said, loss comes, grief comes and goes whenever it pleases. Some days I'm like, well, I got to go to a grief group and, you know, talk to people about this, like what's happening and falling apart. And then other days I'm like, just thriving. Um, it, I think the silver lining for me was my, my brother packed so much life. He was 20 and he passed. He, I know, I feel like everyone says this, but he did genuinely put a lot of life into those 20 years, snowboarded all over the world. He traveled, he, you know, went to school here and there, like did so much stuff that people their whole lives won't even like think of. Um, And so that kind of brought about this expression of living a big life. And since then, I've always tried to be very cognizant that like if it just like live that big life, I think it's actually Emily Dickinson quote, so I'm not going to take credit for it, but um, there's just so much to do and see. So if one wants to do it, do it. If you want to go on a first date, do it. Don't let that fear hold one back. If you don't, don't. Um, it's following that. I think it's, it's almost like following your one's id, which is like that, like little kid in you that wants what it wants. It doesn't want what it wants. It's like, obviously do it with respect to other humans, but like, if you want to go to the park, go to the park, got all your work done, do it. Um, I think that's how it's affected me the most, which is good and bad. Um, cause you know, you can't just go to the park all the time, but <laughs> I try and yeah, I just think live not maybe fearlessly. Yeah. I would I say with caution, cause I don't want people like jumping off buildings with like parachutes being like, live big, like yeah. no fear, like fear is healthy. That's the fear. It tells your gut when to, and to not tell certain people things. Um, and as women, we should probably have, we probably have too much fear, but it's for the best. Um, yeah, I just think it's made me a more empathetic person, I hope. And it's made me a little bit more adventurous and appreciative. So there's always a silver lining, even amid the past pandemic. I mean, there's always a silver lining. So you just have to like really look for it sometimes. <laughs> Yeah, it yeah. might not present itself to you, but it's always there. And I love yeah. that, like live fearlessly with caution. I think yeah. that's, that's really true. And, and yeah, that's probably me. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll go exploring, may take pepper spray. Kind of yes, thing. 100%. No, and, yes. and I will say, and, and not to make this about me in any way, but I, I do really relate to that. Um, yeah. This isn't something that I've talked about on the podcast, I don't think, but my senior year of college, I almost died one night um I was drinking and um it was negative 20 degrees in Syracuse and I like left the party I was at to go somewhere else no clue where I was going um but I sat down and I passed out in the snow and negative 20 degrees in just a leather jacket and I don't remember any of this obviously but all I remember is waking up the next morning in the hospital and I assumed like, oh, I drank too much. Like my friends took me, I got my stomach pumped and they were like, no, like you don't remember. And I was like, no. And they're like, 
it wasn't that you drank too much. It was that you passed out in negative 20 degrees and you had severe hypothermia. And I'm like, so how did I get here? And they're like, well, we're not sure how long you had been out there for, but you must have been like laying there for like a few hours. And this young man found you and brought you into his car to try and warm you up and tried to get you home. But you like weren't really telling him like where you lived and so eventually he called an ambulance because he really wanted to make sure you were okay and you didn't seem okay and had he not found you when he did you probably would have died in minutes um we're not they were like we've never seen somebody with that low of a body temperature live we're not sure how you survived the night like we can't believe that um and I asked if I could like have that guy's name so that I could thank him like he quite literally saved my life and they said he wanted to remain anonymous just because it's like of course there's a drunk girl and then like a guy calling an ambulance like there's a million things that could have like come up for him and so I I understood that but um I ended up he reached out a few months later about something so I ended up um finally being able to thank him and I never actually got to meet him after that other than that one night that I don't remember but um a few months after that I got a, a text from his best friend telling me that he was killed in a car accident. Oh. And so for me, that's something that I struggled with where like, I'm literally only alive because of this person who is now no longer here. And yeah. to me, that's like something that will never make sense and will never feel fair. Um, and I mean, this was five years ago and and I, I've since like, I've become like close with his family. I'm on the board of his committee. Yeah. I I wrote, I asked the friend for their, um, for his parents address and I wrote a letter to them explaining what happened and they had no idea. Like he never told them this. And so they were so like grateful that I reached out and stuff. And so I'm like on the like founders committee of, of their organization and everything, but that's been with like the live, fearlessly cautiously um and and trying to kind of do the things that I want to do and the things that make me happy and all that that's something that I really relate to because it's like he can't and so I want to not just because he made it so that I can but I want to for both of us yeah I will say I will oh I'm getting emotional I tend to get emotional but um first of all survivor's guilt is real um that's something even if you haven't lost a family member I've gone through it you've gone through it it sucks it makes no sense um it's always this weird juggling act of you know why am I here but also okay but how can I make the most of it yeah and almost I mean maybe this is a silver lining way but like he saved your life and now you have this podcast where you get to possibly help people or at least I mean, make some sort of impact on someone's life, even if it's like they listen to podcasts and they're like, oh my God, that was a riot. Right. Um, And I will say, I love that his family did made an organization because for my brother in lieu of like flowers and stuff, my parents, you know, they're like, we don't need flowers. Um, They, for like six years or so, we had a, a regular fundraiser for an organization called Stoked. And it's mentoring through like boards for skateboarding, snowboarding, all that stuff. Um, and it, it's just such a great way to turn a horrible, horrible situation yeah. into something that's like helping and saving so many other people. Um, 
because there's literally no rhyme or reason to life. But, I mean, it's like when people don't eat blood or don't eat organs, like, you're not saving one life, you're saving so many more. And with that one life, like, who knows how many people um, your, I would say friend, even, you know, your savior, but friend probably, um, you know, his family and you guys are doing great work through that. And survivor's guilt sucks, but yeah, yeah, it's, and that's a part of you too. Like that's a story to share with someone significant because that shapes who you are and what you do today in an amazing way. Yeah. I actually, with my boyfriend, Jake, now I like, I think we were probably like 10 dates in maybe. And like, it was like eating me alive that I hadn't told him yet. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, like I'm going to do it. To, like now I, I have to do it now. Like it's get, we're getting too deep. Like this is something about yeah. me that I need him to know. And so like, I finally told him and he was like, you told me that on like our first or second date. I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, wait, really? I had no idea. Like this has literally been keeping me up at night. Like every, like the last five dates I've gone into the date being like, I'm going to tell him tonight. And then oh like, I, I don't. <laughs> and he's uh, like so our first date was that memorable awesome thank you yeah, I'm like, yeah. It. yeah it's uh, it's I mean I think that's too because I feel like the whole interview you know I've never gone through the loss but I think it's always important to never compare traumas because there's always going to be someone who has it based on a book worse than myself there's always going to be someone that has it better and someone worse and we only know what we know yeah and I would say I mean whether you you identified as not, but I would say you're someone that has gone through grief, whether it's, you know, it may not be a family member, but loss of someone significant in your life, regardless of their label, their position, it, it changes you. It impacts you. How, what you do with that loss is up to, you know, you. And I hope people, you know, find those silver linings because I like whether it's a breakup or a loss, like it's the only thing that gets you through. Even if you're faking it till you make it and you wake up and you're like, I'm here, <laughs> I'm thriving. Oh, um, just keep yeah. telling yourself that. Cause one day you will be. Yes. Oh, fake it till you make it. No one knows what they're doing. No, not a, but, in any, in any aspect of life. Mm-hmm. At no, all. I walk around New York city and I'm like, I don't know where I am, but nope. I don't want someone to think I'm lost. <laughs> So I'm just going to keep walking. I'd rather walk five blocks in the wrong direction than ask someone for directions. Yeah, that's also like such a New York issue too. I know, I'll just use all my data on maps. It's fine. Always. Well, thank you so, so much for being here and for being vulnerable and, and just being willing to share your story and hopefully this helps some people along the way. I, I feel very confident that it will. Um, and yeah, I'm so appreciative of you being of here. Of course. Well, thanks for sharing yours too. I'm, I'm happy you're here because look at what you got. I mean, you're living my dream. I got the mic. I'm wor- I'll work on that podcast. Oh, and then I dropped the mic. This is why I don't You're doing one. great. You're doing great. You're thriving. <laughs> yes, thriving. Fake it till you make it. Yes. And to everyone listening, thank you so much for tuning in and for being open to hear about something that might be unfamiliar to you, might be a sensitive topic for you. Um, that is so appreciative or that is so appreciated. I can't speak anymore. I'm I'm going to stop talking now. This has been seeing other people unfiltered. (laughs) Mads, I am obsessed with our brand pillars. You mean vagina sweat, good branding, and being Jewish blooded queens, Scout? 
Uh, sure, but not quite. I love that OKSIS podcast and our sisterhood is made up of women who are down for main character energy only, who take care of their mental health, and who are standing in their personal power as entrepreneurs. Oh, yeah. That too, Scout. That too. We should probably introduce ourselves. Hello, everyone. I am Mads. And I am Scout. And we are sisters IRL. Join us on OKSIS Podcast every Monday for some sisterly banter, nourishing mental health, a whole lot of silliness, and inspiring interviews from the raddest female guests in the game. We promise it'll be a good time. As long as you don't get too loud, Mads. Welcome to the sisterhood!